the Apollo Podcast Network. All right, hello, and welcome to Cash Landing, the uh, <laughs> the show where we fall ass backwards into the money, and you guys are just along for the ride. I'm here, as always, with my esteemed co-host, Aaron. Aaron, how are we doing today? Uh, we're doing pretty good. Just watched the uh, Celtics stay alive versus the Heat. The Reds clinched a playoff spot, uh, much to the satisfaction of my father, the Reds fan. But yeah, I'm doing pretty good. I know you're coming off of just recording minutes after a tough Astros loss, uh, I appreciate you sticking to the sticking to the plan and still going through with this podcast we got lined up tonight, Ben. Yeah, man, that was a horrible one. Ryan Presley looked real good. First two batters sort of hung a slider to Ronald Guzman. It wasn't even that bad of a pitch. He just he got all of it. And there you go. And then Maldonado gets hurt on the last play of the game. I got it. I mean, even so if they clinch tomorrow, which I expect they will. If they clinch tomorrow and they don't have Maldonado for the playoffs, that team is dead in the water because Dustin Garneau cannot. There's just no way that man can catch a playoff game. Dead in the water without Martin Maldonado. That is not something I thought I'd be hearing you say. You <laughs> don't have a backup catcher, man. That's tough. Anyways, so speaking of, speaking of baseball, we're going to start our show off today by going over uh, our little Wednesday DFS recap from – Last episode, if you're here for baseball only, you're really going to want to tune in to next Wednesday's episode. Those go out uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. So if you're here for the MLB DFS, we're going to go over those. We gave out a lot of home runs. We gave out some good pitcher picks. We have some you know, bad pitcher picks as well, but uh, we'll go over all those. So I want to start off by saying, Aaron, good job with the Eddie Rosario pick from last Wednesday. We, we made a gentleman's bet. Eddie Rosario versus Christian Yelich, who will hit the home run? You were correct. One and zero on the gentleman's bet. I like the gentleman's bet. We're gonna have to keep that going. We got to find those as often as we can. That was that was pretty fun. I was really excited for very limited reason when he hit the home run. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yep. And then uh, I also had Juan Soto. Juan Soto came through. Can't really brag on that one too much. He was like six thousand bucks in a good matchup, but. Man, Didi Gregorius as well. We had a there was our Philly that came through for us. Yeah, I mean we knew, you know, we didn't love shortstop, but Didi was only like forty five hundred, and it was Eric Fetty, so we, you know, we had a good, a good feeling on that one, and and came through. I, I mean that's that's decent value. The one you called after that though is even better value. Yeah, Eugenio Suarez uh, against Adrian Hauser. Adrian Hauser was in fact not the play, as uh, <laughs> you heard on the Cash Landing podcast. Uh, yeah, Suarez, three-run homer, got you uh, 17, 18 points in one swing of the bat, which was all you needed. You know, It's a great tournament play. Yeah, I uh, I, I really didn't like Suarez, mostly because I liked Cabrian Hayes better uh, for like $100 cheaper, and he also went yard. He had a solo shot against Kyle Hendricks. I then, I mean, I had like a trio of value going here. I had Jesse Winker, Joey Wendell, and Cabrian Hayes all in that podcast. They all went yard with solo shots. Um, and then, you know, we told you that Anthony Rizzo would hit a home run off of Trevor Williams. We Less, knew it. Yeah. Lower owned than we thought. How about that? Yeah. We, I mean, we knew it for a fact and we thought we, we were like, oh, he's going to be 90% owned. If you don't have him in your lineup, you're screwed in my, in my $25 double up. He was 25% owned. Yeah. Did you ever look to see who everyone played? Did people play bomb at first base? I'm guessing who was the chalk there? 
it it was a lot of different first basemen. Like it, it was, pretty, it was pretty easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was pretty widespread out. Uh, there was actually a lot of Votto. Yeah, interesting. That Votto was a good call by you. I got to say, when Wendell and Cabrian Hayes came through with the home runs, <laughs> I, I felt honored to have you as a co-host because those were sharp so picks. Sharp. I would not have well, you know, ever probably picked them. But, yeah, I mean, you can go ahead and bask in the glory of Joey Wendell and Cabrian Hayes. I can't bask in the glory for long because I made a colossal error as well. <laughs> uh, Bryce Harper looked visibly injured the game before. <laughs> I thought he would still be visibly injured going into the game to, uh, the next day. He ends up hitting two home runs off of Eric Fetty. That one's on me. Hopefully you uh, played my my Wendell, Winker, Rizzo, and Hayes value infield combo. Because um, if you did that, you probably made the cash line. But, I mean, Bryce Harper, I think, was like 30% in my in my double up. So, yeah, that, that, was, uh, yeah, that was not great. Yeah, I mean, we all make mistakes. I certainly missed on all the Yankees that I recommended versus Robbie Ray because apparently Robbie Ray's only goal this season is to, you know, cause me pain and to make me look silly. <laughs> so, yeah, Robbie Ray didn't come through for me again. The Yankees' offense blew some pretty good scoring chances. But, you know, we're going to miss some picks every now and then. But I say overall, man, we gave out some really good hitting plays. Hopefully some of our listeners pieced together the perfect lineup because we certainly gave out enough homers, I would say. Yeah, I, I agree. The, the homers were fine. I really hope that Robbie Ray signs with somebody next year and turns into that guy that you thought was going to win the NL Cy Young our freshman year. Dude, how about my Cy Young picks for this year, though? Like yeah. They could not have been more. I had Shane Bieber. That was just an amazing Cy Young call. And then I also had Robbie Ray, which could not have been worse. <laughs> like, talk about just a massive hit and then just a terrible pick. But, hey, one for two on Cy Young calls. I'll take that every year. You were fully bought into the dairy-free Robbie Ray. That was so good. Hey, at least I wasn't on Bieber, though. Yeah, you you were. And speaking of Bieber, I mean, we said that Bieber and Maeda were probably the cash game locks, and I think those were the two highest scoring pitchers on the slate. So, oh, know, Bauer, Bauer ended up outscoring oh, no. Bieber. Yeah, Bauer was. I forgot Bauer was even there. To be honest. Yeah, Bauer pitched a great game. He did end up outscoring Bieber, but you know, Bieber still had a great game. Uh, the random player that broke the slate, Ben, I know you're personally offended that I did not see the Wyatt Matheson two home run game coming. Uh, in my defense, we did record the podcast the night before, so I did not, in fact, know that Wyatt Matheson was going to be in the lineup, so I apologize for that. I'm sure if I knew he was going to be in the lineup, I would have predicted his uh, the two home run game, no doubt about it. Yeah, uh-huh, sure you would. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Aside from Wyatt Matheson, Miguel Cabrera also had two home runs, and he was less than $3,000 as well, but he's just not quite as random as Wyatt Matheson. Yeah, no, he's not quite as random. Well, all right, so we gave out some good plays. We did this just to, you know, hopefully as a little incentive for you guys to listen to our next baseball episode, which will be on Wednesday. But, Ben, the people did not tune into this specific podcast to hear us talk about our Wednesday baseball plays. They came here for some football. No, and, and I want to clarify, there there will be timestamps in the description of this episode, whether you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So if there's something that you really feel like you need uh, some perspective on or something, you can go ahead and jump around to whatever it is we're talking about at, at various times because, you know, we like to keep it fair, you know, fairly organized. Very organized. Yep. Very professional. <laughs> All right. So let's jump into it with uh, with quarterback in this in this 13 game NFL Sunday kickoff at noon slate. 
Man, week three. There, there's just nothing better than an NFL Sunday. Out of all the sports days, man, NFL Sunday, I just I wake up early and I just count down the hours till 12 o'clock. And this week, uh, this week's going to be no different. But let's talk about the top here at quarterback, Ben. We've got a lot of big-name quarterbacks that are uh, playing primetime games. So, you know, no Mahomes on the slate, no Lamar Jackson, no Aaron Rodgers, no Drew Brees. So our two guys at the top here are going to be Russell Wilson at 7,300 and Dak Prescott at 7,200 playing against each other in Seattle uh, on Sunday afternoon. Ben, what is your initial lean here? Do you think either one of these guys are a must-play? Do you like one more than the other in certain format? Uh, give me your opinion here on Wilson versus Dak, and then I'll I'll hop in. It really feels like these guys are so neck and neck. I don't think either of them is a must play, and I think we'll we'll get into that when we go into some of the cheaper guys down here. But I don't think there's any way that that both of these players finish outside the top three for quarterback scoring in this in this week or on this slate specifically. So. If I had to pick one, I think I'd lean Russ just because of how elite he's been. I mean, he's just not – there's, you know, what what was the stat? He has more touchdowns than incompletions this year. I believe, Yeah, but I think he does. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't not play a guy like that. They're $100 separates them. Russ is 73, Dak is 72. I, I, I'm going to lean Russ. Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything you said. I don't think either is a must play, but I do think both of them are – you know, great plays. Uh, this is the biggest total on the slate, 57 points. So Vegas is expecting a high scoring game here. Um, as far as the Seattle defense goes, they have not been, you know, very, they've been nothing to be afraid of so far in the year. Uh, Atlanta was able to put up some points. We saw Cam Newton have a great game last week against them. Uh, they definitely don't have a pass rush that Dak Prescott's going to need to be concerned about here. And then the Cowboys been, uh, they might have one of the worst defenses in the league. Um, and they're losing guys to injury left and right. They lost another starting corner today, I saw. So, I don't know. I have a gut feeling that I'm leaning Dak here just because I think they might be – They I could see them falling behind again in this game, and we've seen Dak be more willing to run for the touchdown than Russ has. So, you get the six DK points for the running touchdown as opposed to the four for the passing touchdown. I think Dak has a slightly better chance to score on the ground, but – Man, you can't go wrong with either guy here, so I have no problem with Dak or Russ here. You ready to move on to the uh, to the next guy, though, or anything else to add to that? Yeah, I will say, and and I'll get into this a little more as we talk about our bets for the week, but I expect this game script to go a lot differently than, like, the everybody's got the Cowboys-Falcons game, Falcons game in their mind right now. The Cowboys are not going to fumble three times in the first quarter again in all likelihood. They're not going to be behind 21 points, you know, midway through the second quarter in all likelihood. Both of these teams are going to run the ball. So I'm okay not paying up for either one of these, but but just by sheer efficiency, I think I think both of them are going to end up having good weeks. Yeah, I would agree. Um, they're great. They're very safe cash game plays, but neither one of them is a lock by any means because there are some other good options, one of which, uh, one of the good options that we both agree on is going to be Kyler Murray at 6,800. Ben, take us away with your Kyler Murray takes this week against the Detroit Lions. I, I honestly think Kyler Murray might just – and, I mean, he I, – I would put money on him ending the year as, as QB1, and he's not particularly priced like it. I mean, I mean, if he was up at 7K, I think I'd still be 
recommending him, and he's at 6,800. Um, Detroit's defense is not good. Kyler Murray can do it with his arm and his legs. They don't have Christian Kirk, which is a little, you know, upsetting, but they have more than enough weapons to spread the ball around anyways. I I, I love Kyler Murray here, um, especially as a tournament pivot. Everybody's going to be taking Dak and Russ. Yeah, I agree. Uh, we're only two weeks into the season, but based on these short sample size the Detroit defense is 32nd in DVOA, uh, DVOA this year. They've been getting absolutely torched. They look like a young defense that, you know, loses track of assignments and racks up some confusion there. And, you know, that's how they've been playing. We know the floor of Kyler because he, you know, he throws the ball 40, 45 times a game, and he also carries the ball, you know, 5 to 12 times a game. He's at home here against the Lions the Cardinals really shouldn't struggle to put up points here. You mentioned the lack of Christian Kirk. Look, I mean, we'll talk about Andy Isabella later, but, you know, they still have Fitz out there. They have obviously have DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Kyler, yeah, I mean, he's just a discount off those top guys. I I would guess the ownership is going to be pretty evenly split between Russ, Dak, and Kyler. But, I mean, I don't see any reason not to save the $500 for a guy with, I would say, pretty much equal upside and equal floor to, you know, Dak and Russ in this spot. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I don't see a world in which Detroit, you know, stuffs this stuffs this man. I, short of him getting injured, I, like I just I don't see it, and and you can never predict that stuff. The uh, the next guy that I have on here, speaking of injury, is the guy who with a bionic arm now. Uh, I got Big Ben at sixty four hundred, and I really love Big Ben as a as a tournament play this week. I think that the only question here is going to be game script if the Steelers get off to too big of a lead. But I expect, you know, take it from the former Texans fan, the Houston defense won't be able to stop Juju, Juju and Deontay Johnson and James Conner in the passing game, that is. Uh, Houston will probably also be unable to score because I think Deshaun is just going to get mobbed by these Steelers pass rushers. Uh, I mean, still, if Houston does manage to put up two touchdowns, I like the Big Ben price relative to, to Dak and Russ because... I think he's got a good chance to end the week as the highest scoring highest scoring quarterback, maybe 300 yards and three touchdowns. So, yeah, I mean, Big Ben at 6,400, I, I really like that. Yeah, the Big Ben call, I think he's pretty much going to be a good tournament option almost every week of the year. Um, the game script is pretty much always going to be the question with him just because they have such a good defense. You know, naturally they're going to play a couple low-scoring games here and there. But that passing attack, man, there's really been no reason to doubt it um, this early in the year. So I do like that as a tournament call. Uh, one tournament call for me, I'm going to go Joe Burrow, $6,200. So I'm slightly below Ben. Oh man, Ben, the constants in the sports world. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few questions here. Ben, uh, is, is Chris, is Chris Archer, uh, perennially on the trade? Uh, is he on the trade block at the deadline most years? Most years? Yeah. Chris Archer for sure. Yeah. Uh, are the Brewers trying to get by without spending any real money on elite starting pitching? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they are. They're just rolling out, uh, well, now a hurt Cor- Corbin Burns, but uh, they definitely didn't spend any money on him. Yep. Well, Ben, uh, do the Philadelphia Eagles have a have a banged-up secondary that wasn't very good to start with? Wow, would you look at that? That is also true. Uh, yeah, I mean, these are just some of the constants in the sports world that uh, we see constantly. The Eagles' secondary, I mean, they brought in Darius Slay to have at least one nice piece out there, but... Man, they're banged up again. They haven't looked great to start the year. We saw Joe Burrow put up 60 pass attempts last week in a game that they were trailing. 
I mean, it's the Bengals. They're probably going to be trailing in almost every game they play this year. So if the answer to that is Joe Burrow go past it 60 times, uh, he's going to be a good tournament option. He's been running a little bit. He's been spreading the ball around as he has to be when he's throwing it 60 times a game. I think this game could sneaky turn into a shootout. Um, I think this could be a breakout week for the Eagles offense, now that they finally might have some time to throw. And since it might be a shootout, I think you can run it back with Burrow. I think he's one of the good plays in this game. He should come in at relatively low ownership. Uh, yeah, I like Joe Burrow. What do you think here about that? Yeah, I agree. I'm, I am I, I like Joe Burrow enough. I, I am Before you get to your next guy, I'm just going to say – you know, you think that this might be a sneaky offense week for the Eagles, a bounce back week. I agree. And that's why I, I also like Carson Wentz at $400 less than Joe Burrow. I like Wentz at 5800 I mean, look, I get it. He hasn't looked good this year, but I'm really not scared of the Bengals defense at all. Deshaun Jackson has got to start catching some touchdowns at some point. He's just too talented, talented of a player not to. You know, the Eagles' main problem is their offensive line, and I, the Bengals don't have much of a pass rush. It's not terrible, but it's not elite by any means. So if this game is expected to be a shootout, I sort of like the riskier option on a potential bounce-back offense. I mean, Miles Sanders is back, and it looks like he's shaking the rust off. So uh, Wentz at 5,800, I think, is is also a good option. Yeah, I do like the Carson Wentz call in tournaments. I would agree with you there. Um, my next guy is going to be Justin Herbert, um, my savior. You know, the man I'll be rooting for for the next 15 years. He's coming in $100 more expensive than Wentz at $5,900. I think most people, when they're making their lineups, they're going to see Justin Herbert at $5,900 and be like, whoa, that's a little aggressive. That's probably too expensive for a guy that's pretty unproven, only a second career start. But, you know, that's kind of the exact reason why I like him for tournaments is because most people are going to think he's probably too expensive. So he will come in at low ownership. Look, it's a great matchup um, versus a young defense that certainly has some holes. They're playing in their dome. Um, he's got great potential. He can get you points on the ground. He looked pretty good in the passing game last week. He's got all of his weapons are healthy. Uh, he's got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler. So he's got the weapons. He's got the upside on the with his legs. Uh, I don't hate Justin Herbert here. We just, you know, you got to assume Herbert can avoid the team doctor. Um, giving him wrist tape that, you know, dissolves his skin. If that happens, I think he's pretty uh, playable in tournaments. What do you think? That was a hilarious headline. For those of you who are unaware, the the Chargers team doctor stabbed Tyrod Taylor's lung with like a routine painkiller injection. And that's why he's hurt. I mean, it's, it's really hard to describe it other than I am a Chargers fan. I've been a Chargers fan for a long time. And I read the headline and I wasn't that surprised. (laughs) It's just something that would not happen to any other team in the NFL besides the Chargers. And I mean, it was pretty incredible. So, yeah, I mean, we're going to have to monitor that um, to make sure Justin Herbert doesn't get, you know, stabbed or, you know, kicked in the nuts by his own team doctor. Uh, (laughs) we'll, We'll just have to check on that. But I think he's a pretty sneaky tournament play if all goes well in the pregame treatments. I will, I will, I'll freely admit, I don't think I'm playing Justin Herbert this week. I don't, I, you know, I don't hate the call, but I think there's so many other guys that I'm, I'm not going to play him. I, I do want to ask you, we've mentioned a lot of tournament picks here. Who are you playing in cash this week if you had to choose? I think I'm playing one of the top three guys in cash. I think I'm playing either Russ, Stack, or Kyler. 
And, uh, and let me let me follow this up with where are you then going cheap? Like at, at which position do you go a little cheaper? Is it wide receiver, running back, or or both? Or uh, we're going to get end? there. There's certainly a couple cheap um, wide receivers that you can play. I also think running back, you could play multiple guys in the 6K, 7K range. I don't think you absolutely have to pay up for like an 8K or high 7K running back. So I don't, I don't think it's going to be that difficult to fit, you know, one of these top three quarterbacks in your cash game. What are you thinking as an overall lineup build approach? That's, that's actually more or less what I'm thinking. I'm thinking you probably take Kyler or, you know, maybe Russ or Dak if you're really feeling it. And that, that, like that gives you the option to either take two of these mid-tier running backs in the 6K range or go go a little cheap at running back and cheap at tight end because there's a lot of value there as well. Um, I, I think that's probably the play this week. Yeah, I certainly like uh, cheap tight ends on most weeks, especially when we have Kelsey and Andrews not on the slate. But yeah, I mean, we'll get to the running backs we like and maybe at the very end we'll recap, you know, kind of an ideal tournament lineup uh, or cash lineup, you know, outline, but yeah, um, maybe that's what we'll do here throughout the podcast, but I've got one more quarterback that I would like to mention. It's going to be Kirk cousins. This is strictly tournament play only. Um, We talked about this last week. I'd say cousins and Herbert. This is only for, you know, you DraftKings players out there that are playing, you know, 10 or so tournament lineups and you want to get real cute, real fancy with one of them. If you are doing that, I don't hate Kirk cousins. The Titans secondary is having some serious injury issues. They have already had two cornerbacks ruled out and a third is questionable. This game does have a total of 50, which is pretty high. Cousins has looked so bad this year that his tournament, that his ownership has to be depressed. Um, I just think at this price, you really don't need that much from him. I think he can score touchdowns in garbage time. I think he could score, you know, touchdowns early in the game. I think he has three touchdown upside, which is pretty good uh, at 5,500 bucks. Only if you're playing multiple tournament lineups and you want to, you know, sneak him into one, maybe. Yeah, no, I don't hate that. I mean, again, I cannot stress this enough. Do not play Kirk Cousins in your cash game. But if if you if you want to throw him in a lineup as a hail mary, you know, maybe he wins you the week. Then then by all means. Yep, I would agree, and I would say with that, I'm pretty ready to move on to running back here. Oh, absolutely. Let's let's do it. Let's let's start at the top. All right, let's start at the top. We got Zeke Elliott again. Uh, he's eighty three hundred this week. This is another great spot for Zeke. Uh, there's not too much to say. You know, we know he's the he's the engine for the offense. Uh, he's got multiple TD opportunity in every game. He's pretty game script proof. And what we mean by that is, you know, regardless of whether the Cowboys are ahead in the game or they're trailing, he's going to be involved just because you know he's going to run it if they're ahead. He will catch plenty of passes uh, if they're behind. He got seven targets last week in a game they were trailing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not sure I'm going to be paying all the way up for Zeke this week just because I do like a couple of the cheaper options. But, I mean, there's no reason not to like him. I mean, I certainly don't dislike him at all. It's just I just might go cheaper so I can spend up in other spots. What are you thinking here for Zeke? Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's not many le- weeks in which I do not like Zeke, but – I probably will not be paying up for him, even in cash. I mean, there's just so much value in the in the six K range, five K range. Um, I I think I'm going cheap on running back in this slate. Yep. All right. Well, my next one is going to be one of the few guys that we did miss on last week. Uh, we were quite confident in Derrick Henry against the Jaguars. 
Uh, ben, you mentioned to me, you know, we both watched the game. The Jaguars just were committed to not giving up fantasy points to Derrick Henry. You said they were running like seven, eight guys in the box pretty much the entire game. Well, it was it was especially ridiculous because, you know, obviously they have no A.J. Brown. Or, they, you know, they have no A.J. Brown this week. They had no A.J. Brown last week. The Jaguars were selling out all out sideline to sideline. You know, if you've ever if you've watched a Titans game, you know that Derrick Henry probably stands the furthest away from the quarterback of any running back in the league. And you can tell where he's going when the ball is snapped. I mean, his his whole strategy is to pick up ahead of steam and run to where he expects the gap to be because he's so large. He can just run over everybody. And they were sending eight, nine bodies his way as soon as the ball was snapped every play because they have no A.J. Brown to throw to. That's why Corey Davis and Jonu Smith went off so much. And I sort of expect that to happen again. I think the Vikings aren't stupid. They're going to key in on those guys as well. Yeah, the crazy part was, you know, they were sending that, you know, they were sending nine guys at him and they were just getting torched in the play action game. And they just kept doing it. And then, you know, Ryan Tannehill just kept torching them in the play action and passing game. So, you know, they were just determined to make sure Derrick Henry did not come through for us. But Derrick Henry broke everyone's heart last week. So, you know, just because of that, I think his ownership is going to be a lot lower than it should be um, against a Minnesota defense that has been horrible so far this year. They lost Anthony Barr, one of their linebackers. I think the Titans are going to have another lead in this game. Um, Henry still has the usage that we're looking for. Uh, the touchdown, the touchdowns are going to come, you know, for a guy like Henry, just getting the carries that he does. So if you have the forgiveness in your heart, I would go back to the well uh, for Derrick Henry here in tournaments, even cash if you like it. But I do think he's going to be too low owned in this spot. I think it's just another great spot for him overall. I, I, I agree. I, I would rather pay up for Derrick Henry than Zeke this week. Yeah, I mean, that's probably it's probably a hot take, but I kind of like it just because I think it's a good ownership play, especially in tournaments. Um, my next guy here is going to be Jonathan Taylor. Ben, you have any Jonathan Taylor takes? Not, not particularly. Colts running back is such a valuable position, and, and I know that you're going to get into why that is, but you know, I was high on Marlon Mack to start the year when I thought it was still his job. I'm high on whoever the Colts running back is. Yeah, so you mentioned Marlon Mack. You know, we talked about it last week. He tragically went down with the Achilles injury. We knew Taylor was going to be given the starting job, but oh, man, I mean – he was given 28 touches last week right off the bat. They did not you know, try to ease him in at all. Um, Naheem Hines went from two touchdowns week one to two touches in week two. Um, you know, I'm not sure that either of those are going to end up being the truth for Naheem Hines. will probably be in the middle. But, you know, the Colts are going to be moving the ball up and down the field here. I just think he's very safe. He's only $7,000. So, I mean, that's a $1,300 discount from Jonathan Taylor or from Zeke Elliott to Jonathan Taylor. I think Taylor's going to have just as many touches as Zeke. He has a great matchup against the Jets. The Colts are going to be ahead in this game. You know, they're going to be trying to ice out the clock. Jonathan Taylor has big play potential. Rivers wasn't afraid to throw it to him in the passing game. So I think Taylor is a really good way to start your cash game lineup at 7,000. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I agree. There's nothing wrong with Jonathan Taylor. I like this guy next that we're going to talk to a little more than him. And that's Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders is getting slotted into every lineup I make, both cash and tournaments. Um, I mentioned, you know, he said he was 100% before the before last week. And there you go. He gets 20 carries and seven targets. Um, 
I, you know, I will say that the, the, again, the Eagles main concern is their offensive line. Well, the Browns don't have a very good offensive line either. And the Browns absolutely torched the Bengals with their running backs last week. So if that's really a concern, I think that, uh, you know, the Eagles offensive line figures out a way to get it done and find Miles Sanders some room, if not, you know, little dump off screen passes that sort of mitigate that flaw. Yeah. I mean, I am 110% with you. Miles Sanders is my favorite overall running back play on the slate. Um, He's going to be, you know, he's going to be a great cash game play. Um, We talked about the matchup, you know, since he is just absolutely nothing to be afraid of Cleveland tore him apart with multiple running backs. Sanders got all the touches that we hoped for. He got the targets. Um, if he can sneak into the end zone two or three times here, which I think is a realistic possibility, $6,400 for, you know, just the talent of Miles Sanders. Uh, yeah, I mean, he is by far our favorite running back value on the slate. Um, you know, I think you kind of just have to lock him in. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And then, um, I mean, if that's all we have for Sanders, I really like this next guy too. And that's Kenyon Drake. Um, I know you have some stuff to say about Kenyon Drake, but I just want to say that his first two, his matchups in week one and two was a healthy 49ers team and the Redskins who are surprisingly elite against the run. Um, and you know, he still, I mean, he didn't put up great stats, but they weren't horrible. And I, I fully expect Kenyon Drake to just be unleashed against this Detroit team that you said ranks 32nd in DVOA this year. Yeah. I mean, you talked about the DVOA. Um, you talked about his previous matchups. You know, we could tell you he's been getting all the touches we want, but I mean, Ben, let's not kid ourselves. Let's get to the important stuff. I have a narrative for you here. Are you ready for this? Oh, you have a narrative for me? I have a Kenyon Drake narrative for me. He tweeted after last game. And uh, yeah, so this is the tweet. LOL, if you're mad about my fantasy output for the first couple games, drop me and bless someone else in your league. I mean, wow. come on. That's a narrative if I've ever heard one. Kenyon Drake, Twitter rant. You know, that sounds like a man that is hungry for fantasy football points. That is a narrative if I've ever heard one. Ben, we all know how you feel about narratives. I mean, if you didn't like, I mean, if you loved Kenyon Drake before, how are you feeling about him now? I feel the exact same as I did before because I, I liked Kenyon Drake enough without the narrative, but it, it certainly doesn't it certainly doesn't hurt. I mean, the matchup's just too good. He was getting all the touches against the elite run defenses. He's going to catch passes still. It's just 6K is, is very cheap. Yeah, I mean, he's a great play. You gotta, you just got to hope Chase Edmonds doesn't vulture his touchdowns because, you know, they do like Chase Edmonds for good reason. He's a good player, but, man, we liked Aaron Jones last week in this exact same spot, and, you know, Aaron Jones came through for us. And, you know, I think Kenyon Drake has potential to do the exact same thing that Aaron Jones did for us last week, and that is, you know, give you the upside to win a tournament at a cheap price that allows you to pay up elsewhere. And Ben, I know you have another guy like that. You heard it here. Aaron, Aaron is predicting a 45 burger from, from Kenyon. No, 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 no. (laughs) 45 burger upside from Kenyon Drake, because it's in the very same spot. I think he has a nice floor and I do think he has, there is a world in which he drops the 45 burger, but you know, we're not giving out guaranteed 45 burgers. Come on now. Oh, I'm just messing with you, brother. Uh, Yeah, no, I, I do have a, I do have a, a Kenyon Drake light, if you will, a, a Kenyon Drake 2.0 this week, and that's going to be David Montgomery. Uh, David Montgomery is $5,700. I mean, this is a bell cow running back. I mean, you know, Tariq Cohen slots in there now and again for the gadget plays, but this is a bell cow running back for less than 6K. 
against the Atlanta Falcons. So I don't think a whole lot more needs to be said about that. I expect the the Bears to, you know, the Bears defense is pretty good. I don't really know how this game script is going to go. I think that Montgomery has a great floor for cash, and I sort of like him for tournaments too. We saw him catch that 30-yard touchdown pass from Trubisky last week. I think he could do that again, um, especially against the Falcons defense that just has no idea what it's doing. So David Montgomery, 5,700, I think that's a that's a solid play. Yeah, I mean, if you're playing Montgomery, you're obviously hoping that the Bears can, you know, take a lead in this game and, you know, play in front. But even if they don't, you know, we saw him score on the passing touchdown last week, like you said. He just looks a lot more dynamic this year. He just has looks like he has more big play potential. So I am with you there on David Montgomery at 5,700 against what it very well might be the worst defense in the league. Yeah, I mean, it's it's either the Falcons or the Cowboys. I mean, we keep saying the Lions are 32nd in DVOA. I, I I believe in that defense more. Yeah, I would agree. So uh, you've got Josh Kelly here? Yeah, I, li- I like Josh Kelly. Uh, you know, he won't be catching passes. He's not he's not super flashy, but it, it's against Carolina, who I think had the worst run defense in the league last year, if I'm not mistaken. And we did see Josh Kelly have 23 carries in in week t- or week one, I believe actually not week two. No, it was week was two. A- it was week two. Oh, it was week two. Okay, so twenty three carries last week, and he was efficient on on only twelve carries in in week one. So you know, touches wise, it's clearly a more even split with Kelly and Eckler than than we thought. Kelly is obviously the between the tackles guy, and I think a guy like that, you know, if if you were telling me that it was Sonny Michelle here against the Carolina run defense. I would I would definitely give it some consideration in cash for for 5k and I think Josh Kelly is, you know, just that. Yeah, I'm not sure he's going to be able to get to 23 carries every single week, but there is a pretty good chance the Chargers can get a lead in this game and you know, we know Anthony Lynn likes to run the ball especially when he has the lead and he definitely will be looking to do that with Justin Herbert at quarterback here. So, I don't know if I love it. I just don't think you have to go there in cash. I, I really don't see too much of a reason to dip below David Montgomery and Cash when we, you know, we love Kenyon Drake and we love Miles Sanders, but I do like Josh Kelly in tournaments. You know, he could break away for two touchdowns here and that would, you know, definitely give you value. He's going to be low owned, I would say. Yeah, I, I agree. And and now, you know, I'm looking at the list. I think probably all three of these names that we're about to say after Kelly, I'm going to take over Kelly Not now that I think about it. Yeah, I mean, I think he's kind of in no man's land. Like, if you land on him and you just love the rest of your lineup, I think you can slot him in. But I I would definitely not recommend Josh Kelly in cash games, I would say, personally. What about, what about Jarek McKinnon, though? How about, how about Jarek McKinnon, the new 49ers starting running back? Yeah, uh, he does appear to be the starting running back. I will say, you know, we're going to talk about Jeff Wilson here in a second. They came out and said, you know, they're not just going to completely abandon their you know, running back by committee strategy, Jeff Wilson will be involved, but Jarek McKinney, uh, Jarek McKinnon is definitely the passing down guy and he's going to get, you know, he's going to have double digit carries. Um, he should be in line for seven, eight targets here just because they have nobody to throw the ball to. And McKinnon is explosive. So 4,900, I still don't know if you have to go there and cash just with other options, but I certainly like him in tournaments. And if you really feel confident in him. You can play him in cash. I don't know. I mean, I know you like him. Do you like him enough for cash, or are you just saying he's a great tournament play? 
I, I like him for both. I like him in tournaments more, but that's only because I like the next guy I'm going to talk about more for cash. Um, I think, you know, McKinnon probably has hundred scrimmage yard upside with a touchdown. Um, maybe two touchdown upside, depending on, on how the splits go with him and him and Jeff Wilson. But I, I, I'm sort of expecting a hundred scrimmage yards and a touchdown out of McKinnon, which is super value at 4,900. Yeah. So I, mean, I, like I, I like him in cash yards. and tournaments, but, but yeah. Yeah. If you lock in a hundred scrimmage yards and a touchdown, obviously, um, you know, I think it's a good tournament play. Then what if I told you, uh, what would you say if I told you, Running back for the Buffalo Bills, Zach Moss is not playing this week. What would be your reaction? I would say that that Devin Singletary will probably get a single carry, <laughs> and in fact, I think he's he's extreme value at, at forty nine hundred. We've seen the Bills sort of open up the offensive game plan and and start airing the ball out with Josh Allen this year, but but this is a run first team and always has been. And when Josh Allen starts to struggle, which I think he will at some point, <laughs> he almost has to, they will go ahead and lean on the run game again. And I think it, this might be the week, week three might be the week. All he has to do, all Devin Singletary has to do is avoid Aaron Donald. This man is going to get 20 touches minimum. Um, I saw him carry the whole offense last year as a Bills fan. And I just think that He's a lot more explosive than people give him credit for. 4,900 is very cheap. I like single single Terry. I almost call him single carry. Just call him I like single carry. Let's just embrace it. Let's make it official. I like, Devin, I like Devin single carry in cash and tournaments, especially cash, because I think that the floor is there. Yeah. Um, you know, this is his week to go out and prove, you know, he can go out and win a job right here. Zach Moss probably isn't going to be out for long. Um, it's a kind of a tough matchup, so – he could come out and prove to the coaching staff that, you know, he should get more than a single carry in most games and, you know, he should be the guy. So I, I still just don't know if I, I personally will be going this low in cash, but you know, if you're going to make multiple cash lineups for some reason, I don't hate mixing in Devin single carry, but yeah, I mean, I do like him in tournaments. He, despite the matchup, just because, you're not going to get a guy this cheap that's going to get this many touches. You know, Andy seems to be involved in the passing game, I would say. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely caught passes last year. And, you know, this is going this cheap at running back, I think is the only way that you get somebody like DeAndre Hopkins. Unless you really love some of the cheap wide receivers that we're going to talk about later. But generally, you know, I like to go cheap at one position and pay up at another and and not not sort of flip-flop. I don't like taking DeAndre Hopkins and Quintez Cephas, for example. But, you know, that's just sort of the way I play. If you don't if you do not do the same, that's that's obviously completely fine. But for me to slot in Sanders, Devin Singletary, and then be able to take Hopkins and, and you know, Stephon Diggs or whatever, then, then that is, uh, you know, that's sort of ideal for me. Yeah, um, I pretty – I agree with that approach. Cash games, you know, you're kind of going to want to go – you're going to want to go pretty balanced in cash most weeks, unless there's just like a super obvious um, cheap play, which, you know, a lot of times there will be, but um, enough about cash. You know, we're trying to win big money tournaments here. Um, and a guy that might do that for you could be the uh, previously mentioned Jeff Wilson, Jr. Running back for the 49ers. He's 4,000 bucks. They said he's going to be involved this week. And, you know, if he is involved, he's going to be involved in a, heavy workload in a Kyle Shanahan run offense against the New York Giants. Um, you know, it's going to be Nick Mullins. They're not going to be airing it out this week. 
if Jeff Wilson gets hot, you know, you can see him get multiple touchdowns. I don't hate uh, Jeff Wilson in tournaments just because of Kyle Shanahan and those run schemes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, I think it's a great play, actually. You know, Jeff Wilson was the absolute king of vulturing goal line touchdowns last season. I think he played in like three games and had, you know, four touchdowns. It was it was unbelievable. And he, he was not the starting running back in any of them. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that happens again. I remember being angry about it because I had Raheem Mostert last year just and Tevin Coleman you know I would I was flipping them in and out in and out as the 49ers sort of decided what they were trying to do but um Jeff Wilson at 4k great upside could get you two touchdowns pretty easily yep um I would agree with that and that I think is going to wrap it up for running back you know we've got the high dollar plays we've got the mid-range plays and we've got some cheap tournament flyers so we've got you covered there for all formats uh let's move on to wide receiver where you've got to start three of them so, you know, we got to really dig deep here and find some great wide receiver plays. Who you got at the top? I like both of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I'm not sure which one I'm really going to take between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mike Evans is 6,800. Godwin is 67. But I probably will be taking one of them. Um, I think that I'm leaning Mike Evans over, over a Chris Godwin in his first game back. Um, it's just, you know, Denver is really banged up. The secondary is not that good. Uh, my only reservation is the game script. Um, you know, Denver might just be out of this game before it ever starts because Drew Locke is out and Cortland Sutton is out and Von Miller is out. But even, even so, you know, Tampa has never really been a run first team and I expect them to throw the ball, you know, probably not if they're up by 35 points, but you know, up until a 21 point lead for sure. So I still like Evans and Godwin. Um, I think maybe Mike Evans has the edge this week. Yeah, I would probably lean Evans in tournaments, Godwin in cash. Um, it was just a concussion for Godwin, so we don't expect him to be, you know, hobbled or anything. He's just got to get back in his groove. Um, I think Godwin's just a guy that, you know, he's pretty steady. You get Anytime you get a guy in the slot, he's more likely going to be more consistent than the guy on the outside. But we know Mike Evans has 40-burger potential any, every single week, so – I think it's kind of a tournament versus cash thing there. I'm going to go with a guy that I like more than Evans and Godwin, and that is going to be Tyler Lockett. Man, we talked about how banged up this Cowboy defense is and just how bad they look in general. Um, Lockett and Metcalf are both the same price here pretty much. I'm going to go Lockett over DK Metcalf here. I just think this could be an up-and-down game. Um, this could just sounds like a classic Tyler Lockett game that he racks up, you know, 10 or 11 catches from Russ here, 150 yards. Hopefully he sneaks into the end zone, but I could just see Lockett, you know, running all over the field against this Cowboys secondary who's just down, you know, plenty of guys in this game. Yeah, I totally agree. And I also agree that I would take Lockett over, over Metcalf. Um, we we have no disagreements here. I think I think Lockett's a great a great wide receiver one to sort of start your slate with. Yeah, that's you know pretty much exactly what I was thinking. You know, going through my build right here, I think Lockett is you know kind of the best way to start your cash game lineup at wide receiver just because you know he's sixty four hundred and that's not eight k, so it does still allow you to do other things. Um, yeah, and and you know on the flip side of that game, you've got Amari Cooper sitting right there at sixty at sixty five hundred. So this is almost the same player in the same situation. Um, you know, Amari Cooper and Tyler Lockett are very similar this week. Uh, I think I like Tyler Lockett a little more, 
Amari Cooper is just not as consistent as Tyler Lockett. And, and so especially in cash, I'm, I'm going to go with Lockett. Yeah. Um, I do like Lockett over Cooper and cash, but you know, I expect this game to be a little bit of a shootout, you know, as is Vegas. So I would agree Cooper. He's always got the upside, even though he is better at home and this game is not at home, but you know, I just, the biggest thing with Cooper is the pass rush. Um, Seattle doesn't have a pass rush which means Dak is going to have time to get the ball down the field. And we know down the field is where Cooper can do most of his damage. So I do like Cooper in tournaments. Uh, the next guy in this range is going to be Allen Robinson. You know, he is the number one wide receiver on the team going against the Atlanta Falcons. Not much more needs to be said there, but you know, there's still the Mitch Trubisky factor, unfortunately. So I personally would think tournament only for me, even though, You know, you can certainly make the argument for cash game versus the Falcons, but man, he's been getting all the targets and it has just not been resulting in receptions so far this year. Yeah, I mean, at some point, these targets are going to turn to production. It's just a matter of if you pick the right week. Uh, I'm going to say I I even like him in cash. Um, I'm not when I say I like him in cash. I mean, he's viable. I don't think I'm going to be throwing him in my cash lineup, but the Falcons defense doesn't even have like a James Bradbury on it that the Giants had. They don't have, you know, I'm not scared of Desmond Trufant. Um, so I'm, I, I would be okay rolling with him in cash at this price. I think that the bears might even be, you know, the bears might be behind in this game, which was never a concern when they were playing the Giants. Um, so they might have to sort of air it out to him, in which case I think he, he could provide some pretty good value. Yeah, I would agree. Um, He's got, you know, he's got the upside against the Falcons, as most people do, but he's just an elite wide receiver um, who's just been unfortunately paired with Mitch Trubisky for these last couple of years. Do you, do you hope he gets traded? I kind of hope he gets traded. Yeah, it would be more fun. You know, we don't, we don't need to see him on the bears. It's just, it's not much fun. I would like to see Allen Robinson, what he could do with a great quarterback. Yeah. Um, Speaking of quarterback wide receiver relationships, Keenan Allen, 6,100. Man, if I were a rookie quarterback in the NFL, I would just love to have Keenan Allen as my receiver. He's so reliable. He's such a good route runner. Um, he really works to get open on every single play. He fights for the ball. He blocks. Um, as far as this week goes, he's 6,100. The Carolina defense is young. Um, they're, you know, they're pretty shaky. Keenan Allen got 10 targets last week from Herbert that resulted in seven catches. Um, I just think he's pretty he's pretty steady if you land on him with 6,100 in your cash games lineups. He doesn't quite have the upside as most of these other guys do, but you know he could certainly score two touchdowns, and I wouldn't be shocked here. So assuming you know Keenan Allen can avoid the team doctor accidentally giving him like roofies instead of the pregame Tylenol, <laughs> I, I do like Keenan Allen. I love how the Chargers team doctor is just like the that doctor from The Simpsons. He's just, he's just horrible, man. <laughs> it just has to be mentioned every time we recommend a charger, you know, there is a chance that the, the team doctor is just going to, you know, crash your lineup before it ever gets off the ground. That makes me think like how bad could the, the football team's doctor possibly have been for Trent Williams to be like, <laughs> like I need to get out of here because like all these Chargers players are staying and they're apparently being like stabbed in their vital organs by the syringe. And they're man, like that, that football team doctor must've just been some, some special kind of horrible. And speaking of the football team, by the way, 
we both love Terry McLaurin this week. $5,800. We are, we've been high on McLaurin all year. We were high on McLaurin to begin the year. He had 28 and a half DraftKings points last week. Um, the Cleveland pass defense, I think, is similar to Arizona's. It might even be a little better on paper. Um, uh, you know, I'm going to lock and low Terry in in a lot of lineups. Man, I absolutely love Terry McLaurin. Um, I am with you on this one. It's a it's a pretty good matchup here. Um, he's just he's got the floor just because he's really the only guy that is really getting targets on this team. Um, Dwayne Haskins does seek him pretty often, you know, the targets don't always lead to receptions, but when you're getting, you know, 13, 14 targets, you're going to get enough receptions. He's got the big play ability for tournaments. Um, he's just a really great wide receiver. You know, people don't know about him yet, but I think they will one day, especially if he ever gets on the team um, without Dwayne Haskins and, you know, it's nicknamed the football team, but <laughs> I think Terry McLaurin is a great play in cash. He's only 5,800 bucks. He's got the high upside for tournament. Um, this range, I just I like this range a lot, which is why I think you can build a pretty balanced lineup. But yeah, I love Terry McLaurin, and man, I also love Deontay Johnson, who you're going to talk about next year. Yeah, I mean, again, the the former Texans fan here, you know, checking in. So if 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 you're not a Texans fan and you can name me the cornerback that you expect to be guarding Deontay Johnson, you, I mean, you, I'm giving you like a football diehard card for you to to carry around because you know you shouldn't know that the a normal fan does not know that i'm sure it's going to be gary on conley but you know a very normal response to that question is well who the hell is that um deontay johnson looked fairly explosive last week uh i think he just generally sort of exemplifies the type of receiver that the texans can't cover because their cornerbacks are are usually slow and fundamentally sound um I expect one huge chunk play and a touchdown. So maybe six catches for like 110 and a touchdown, which is super value at, at 5,400. Yeah. I mean, Deontay Johnson just seems to be super involved in this offense. Um, we know the wide receiver too for Ben Roethlisberger is a super valuable spot. You know, the attention goes on Juju for good reason, which just leaves Deontay Johnson to just steadily grab passes constantly throughout the game. Um, he's got the touchdown upside. You mentioned the matchup versus the Texans. Um, there's not much not to like about here about Deontay Johnson. I don't think he's going to be 5,400 for much longer. So I would play him at this price while you still can. Yeah. And, and if you don't love Deontay Johnson, you have a lot of options because you also have CeeDee Lamb at the same price, $5,400. Um, Seattle has given up so many points to the slot throughout the, the first two games of this year, which, you know, in fairness, is not a, a tremendous sample size, but we know that their secondary is not very good. We know that Jamal Adams is, is, you know, mostly going to be playing the tight end. We saw lamb get nine targets last week. Uh, you know, this is a rookie with big playability. You know, if you saw him at Oklahoma, you saw him rip off huge gains, uh, I, I really, I really enjoy CD lamb at 5,400 today as well. And I think, you know, if you want to roll out McLaurin Johnson, CD lamb and just go, you know, complete mid-level at, at wide receiver, I think that's a, that's a great option in both cash and tournaments. Yeah. Uh, you know, I talked about trying to kind of casually fill out a cash lineup as we were going. I got one that I, you know, really like, and it was at wide receiver. It was Johnson Lockett and McLaurin. And I was still able to, you know, fill in, 
all of the other wider, you know, mid-range running backs that we talked about with Kyler Murray. So it is certainly possible to pay up for Kyler Murray and have plenty of good wide receivers and running backs this week, um, you know, in our opinion, which is all we can offer you right here. But another guy is going to be Deshaun Jackson at 5,200. Um, as we mentioned, Carson Wentz should finally maybe have a little bit of time to get the ball down the field here. Um, the Bengals offensive, the Bengals defensive line is, you know, average. It's not anything to be super scared of. Jalen Rager is unfortunately out for, you know, a couple of weeks here. Jackson is the only real deep threat on the team. Um, we've been waiting for Deshaun Jackson to break out for the 50 yard touchdown. He got, you know, he's been getting the targets consistently. So I think this is the week that, you know, maybe a little Miles Sanders is tearing it up. They put, you know, eight guys in the box. And then they go play action pass, boom, 50-yard touchdown to Sean Jackson. I think this is the week it happens. So 5,200, you know, I think he has very, very high upside for tournaments. It's a great matchup. And I think the Eagles just kind of have something to prove this week. So what do you think about Deshaun Jackson? Yeah, no, I, I really like Deshaun Jackson. Uh, if you have been sort of stashing him in, in season long as well, I, he was going in the back end of a lot of drafts because it wasn't clear um, – you know, the health situation with the Eagles until, until, you know, pretty, pretty close to the season opener where it became clear that Deshaun Jackson would in fact be their number one wide receiver. Um, if you were stashing him in season long, I would play him this week. Uh, 5,200 is a great price. Uh, there's just so much competition at this, at this, you know, price point that I think I may walk away with no Deshaun Jackson, even though I really like him this week. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly other guys in this range that we already mentioned, but if you're playing multiple lineups, I think it it would probably be a mistake if you're rolling out multiple tournament lineups not to have one Deshaun Jackson just strictly because he's Deshaun Jackson. We know what he can do, but uh, Ben, you've got a couple slot wide receiver here, kind of more the high floor kind of guys here. I'm going to let you talk about both of them here. Yeah, I just think this is, you know, if you want to pay up and get DeAndre Hopkins or... Um, Derrick Henry, <clears throat> I think these are, you know, sort of good options for you to round out your lineup. I think <clears throat> Randall Cobb at 4,400 has a high floor for cash. Um, they're going to be rushing it to at Deshaun Watson's head all day. He's going to want to get the ball out quick. Cobb's going to be there in the slot for sure. <clears throat> he looked pretty good fitting into the offense last week. And as much as I, you know, make fun of the Texans for GM Bill O'Brien and everything, they gave this man $27 million for a reason. They obviously believe in him. Brandon Cooks is healthy, so we should see no more Kiki Kuti for the rest of the year. Um, I just think, you know, Randall Cobb, high high floor, probably at least 14 DraftKings points, I would say. And even even apart from Randall Cobb, Adam Humphreys at 3,900, I have not heard anybody say anything about Adam Humphreys this year. But every single time he's thrust into the starting wideout role, he gives you at least 15 points, and he did so when A.J. Brown was out last week. Um, I think Humphreys is probably actually has the higher floor at a lower price point here. And also it's, you know, he's playing against Minnesota. So, um, I definitely like Adam Humphreys as a, as a lineup filler and Aaron, I got to say, I just filled out my casual DK lineup. So I'm really looking forward to see if we have the exact same names in here, uh, when we get done with this. That would be hilarious. And, you know, there's a chance we do, but uh, my next guy here is going to be Andy Isabella. Um, this is a wide receiver for the Cardinals. He was a rookie last year. Didn't get to play too much. He's $3,800. Uh, this man can fly. You wouldn't think so by looking at him, but he can. He's very fast. 
He does. He does not look like you know the four three speed that he has. No, he looks he looks more like a Brady you know slot receiver type, but <laughs> he's far more explosive than uh, those guys. Christian Kirk uh, he was ruled out today. That's kind of the big news here. Christian Kirk has been on the field for seventy percent of Arizona's offensive snaps, and you know we know Cliff Kingsbury likes his three wide receiver sets. I don't think he's going to back down from those which means I think Andy Isabella is going to, you know, kind of slide into that slot. I think he's going to play a lot of snaps here. Um, we talked about it's a good matchup against the Detroit Lions. I don't think you need to go here in cash whatsoever, but in a tournament lineup, Andy Isabella, he legitimately has the speed to score like a 70-yard touchdown here with Kyler Murray, and he's going to be on the field that often. I do think it would be um, a good idea to mix him into some tournament lineups because he's $3,800 and he lets you do a lot of creative things with uh, the rest of your lineup here. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. And and last year, um, when Andy Isabella was a rookie and they didn't trust him quite as much, uh, you saw guys like Demir Bird be picked up on the waiver wire in, in season-long formats, you know, purely because Arizona's third wide receiver when, when Christian Kirk either wasn't performing or was hurt or when Fitzgerald needed some rest, um, you know, Arizona's third receiver is very similar to Detroit's third receiver for me. They're going to be on the field all the time, and therefore, you know, some good things can happen. And at $3,800, there's no reason not to take a flyer. Yeah, and pretty much uh, on the same note as that, I'm going to go with K.J. Hamler here, wide receiver, rookie wide receiver for the Denver Broncos. Um, He's a rookie out of Penn State. He is also a guy that is very, very speedy. Um, He played 62% of the snaps last week and had seven targets after – Cortland Sutton, uh, rest in peace, was ruled out. Now he's going to be gone for the rest of the season. Look, um, KJ Hamler, he is the stone cold minimum. He's $3,000. If you play KJ Hamler, you can do almost whatever you want with the rest of your lineup. Um, You know, you have jotted down here. Jerry Judy is also a game time decision. Man, if Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton are both out, Hamler is going to see 10 targets here. He's another big play guy. Um, we expect the Buccaneers to be ahead in this game, which means Jeff Driscoll is going to have to be airing it out, which is you know scary in itself. But he's going to have to attempt passes to somebody. And if it's going to be K.J. Hamler with that kind of big play upside at 3000 I'm probably going to play him in a couple tournament lineups um, at the stone-cold minimum price. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, if he gets you 10 points, then you know hopefully you've done enough with the rest of your lineup to, to make that work. Um, that's, I mean, it's hard to to pick apart a, a, a minimum <laughs> player. So I'm not even going to try. Yeah, I would agree. And with that, I would say we're ready to move on to tight end. Ben, brag about our tight end calls from last week. Yeah, I mean, we, both Aaron and I, all but begged our listeners, all of you, to take Jonu Smith last week. And he just casually went out and caught two touchdowns. So I would recommend for you to heed our tight end picks. I'm not. I'm not going to, you know... I'm not saying it's necessary, especially because week two was kind of nuts for for tight end production. Uh, I don't think we can expect so many points from that position this week, especially with Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey just not here uh, on the slate. But yeah, I mean, we we knew about Jonu Smith and and we were more or less correct. Yeah. So basically what you're saying is, you know, we're not saying we're tight end experts, but we're not not saying we're tied in experts is basically it, you know. Uh, no, but uh, <laughs> who do you like here at the top, you know, at tight end? So 
this is going to require you to monitor Kenny Galladay's situation. Um, sounds like he's going to be a game time decision. If Kenny Galladay is out, I would consider shelling out for TJ Hawkinson at 5,300. Um, somebody has to get targeted in this offense. Marvin Jones has not been doing it. TJ Hawkinson legitimately has a hundred yard, two touchdown upside uh, in that scenario where Galladay doesn't play. But if Galladay plays at all, I'm, I'm staying away. There's a lot of value plays here at tight end that I like this week. Yeah, there are quite a few value plays. Um, I'm going to mention Hunter Henry, 4,800. I think that might be a little too expensive for me in cash just because it kind of does restrict you at other places where there are other tight ends that we like that are far cheaper. But I think it's a good tournament play because I think, you know, we expect the Chargers to move the ball here with Justin Herbert. Um, he saw quite a few targets last year with Herbert, uh, last week with Herbert. Um, he's he's a big guy, so he's going to have red zone opportunities. I think he, you know, could sneak away with two touchdowns here, which is great for you in tournaments at tight end. But yeah, probably not in cash for me. But, you know, if you want to, maybe you are going to play Justin Herbert in a tournament lineup. I don't mind maybe stacking him with uh, Hunter Henry here. And that would give you a lot of options at other positions. Yeah, I don't hate it. I'm I'm not taking Hunter Henry this week. Another person, another guy I'm not taking, but I do like is Dalton Schultz at 4,500. Uh, rest in peace to Blake Jarwin, torn ACL. Aaron, Aaron and I really liked him this year. Uh, we really like the Cowboys tight end position in general. But I'm staying away from Schultz for this week specifically. I expect Jamal Adams to be on him for half of the snaps, and that's, I mean, he's the only real player in the Seattle secondary. Um, they have so many weapons they can use instead. They can definitely just, you know, ignore Dalton Schultz. But I will be recommending him in other weeks. I am I am positive of that. Plus, I mean, $4,500 is a little expensive for, you know, a backup tight end thrust into a starting role. Yeah, I, I actually completely agree with you here. You know, people are going to look at the game log and see that, you know, he had nine catches last week for 90 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, we like Dalton Schultz for the rest of the year, but there's a pretty good chance that's going to be his best stat line, you know, of the entire season. And now he... He gets a matchup against Jamal Adams, which is less than ideal. You mentioned that Dak has the other options to throw the ball to, so it's hard to see him walking away with nine catches again, even though I'm not going mean, to rule it out, but 4500 is just a little too expensive for me. I think there are better options at cheaper some, prices. Some of, yeah, some of that production has to go to Michael Gallup at some point this year who had like two catches in the first two weeks. I, I, there's just no way you can't just set nine balls again. Yeah, it's been a really slow start for Gallup, but I'm not ready to give up on Gallup, which that will eat into Dalton Schultz a little bit. But, uh, you know, George Kittle is out, which means, is it Jordan Reed week again, Ben? I think it might be. Uh, I mean, I think 4K is great value for Jordan Reed. Um, he actually might have been the only tight end better than Jonu Smith last week in terms of value. Maybe Mo Alley-Cox, who we'll get to in, in a little bit, but... I mean, it's it's a Kyle Shanahan offense. They're going to continue to use their running backs and tight ends regardless of who they are. And, you know, people forget that Jordan Reed is, like, legitimately talented when he's not concussed or otherwise broken. Um, I honestly think that they probably bake, baked the injury risk into his $4,000 price tag because there's, like, a 30% chance he exits the game early. But if he doesn't, I think you may, you know, once again, get your 25 fantasy point tight end here this week at, at, at $4,000. I just, I mean, who else are the 49ers throwing the ball to, you know? I mean, they've got nobody. They've got absolutely yeah. no wide receivers. They don't have Mostert or Coleman. I mean, it's just going to be checkdowns to McKinnon and checkdowns to Reed. I mean, 
it's Nick Mullins playing. So they're not going to be throwing these, you know, 50 yard post routes, you know, it's going to be pretty conservative play calling. I just, I legitimately think they don't have many other options, which makes Jordan Reed, you know, pretty much a lock to see heavy targets here um, because they don't have any other options. So I do like the Jordan Reed call. Um, Mo Ali Cox, Ben, you're going back to the well on Mo Ali Cox. Definitely have to monitor Jack Doyle's situation here. I know you agree. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's the thing. If, if Jack Doyle plays, I'm not playing him at all. There's no way. If he's out, I would consider him, but it, it does sound like Jack Doyle is going to play. He was a full participant in practice today. We're recording this on Friday night. <clears throat> he was a full participant today, but, you know, Phillip Rivers loves his tight end. Mo Ali Cox had a monster week last week. T.Y. Hilton is still dropping every football thrown his way. Um, I think Mo Ali Cox might do it again, but <clears throat> again, that's only if if Jack Doyle does not play. Yeah. All right. Well, Ben, we buried the lead here for long enough. Um, this is going to be my favorite cash game tight end. I don't know if he's your favorite cash game tight end, but I know you do probably like him. It's going to be Drew Sample, tight end, Cincinnati Bengals, thirty five hundred bucks. Uh, look, we we were we saw C.J. Uzoma go down with an Achilles injury last week, so in came Drew Sample. And this dude came in and got nine targets and like a half of football. Um, the Bengals were trailing, which the Bengals are going to be trailing. We've talked about it. And Joe Burrow is going to be throwing it 60 times a week, you know, not 60 every week, but if he's going to be throwing it, you know, like that, whenever they get behind, just Drew Sample is going to get targets. We know that the Bengals offensive line is so bad that they don't have time to get the ball down the field. So just by default, it has, it's going to be a lot of checkdowns. And, you know, Burrow likes his tight ends. Those checkdowns are going to go to Drew Sample a lot of the time. He's 3500 bucks. I I would project, you know, 8 to 10 targets for 7 to 9 catches here. I think he could sneak into the end zone. If this game turns into a shootout like we think it might turn into a shootout, I think Sample has just as good an upside as pretty much anybody else we've mentioned. I think he's got one of the highest floors of anybody else that we mentioned, and He's the cheapest guy that we've talked about so far. What do you think about Sample? I think I'm getting real scared that we have the exact same DraftKings lineup going right now because, I mean, I, I slotted him right in there in cash. I agree. $3,500, and this man is going to catch six footballs. So, uh, you know, Drew Sample was a second-round pick last year. They, I mean, that is some real draft capital invested. He was a blocking tight end out of college. No, I mean – I don't want to say nobody because the Bengals obviously did, but people didn't see him as a, as a pass catching tight end, but the Bengals saw something in the pass catching. I mean, you saw him make that ridiculous, like one handed left-handed grab, right? Yeah. In, no. in the last game. He's got the talent. I mean, that's the thing. Like he, he seems like he's actually legitimately good. Um, you know, and then we got the opportunity on top of it. Yeah, no. So I, I agree. I think samples, the best value cash, you know, tournament is fine, but but cash for sure. Uh, I'm, I have already slaughtered him in. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think, you know, that's all we got. I think we gave out a lot of plays there. And you have anything else you want to add before we move on to some bets? No, but I, I want to hear your your lineup. What's what what is the what's the quick little lineup that you set up? Because I want to see if it's the same as mine. All right. It was Kyler Murray, Miles Sanders, Jonathan Taylor, Deontay Johnson, Tyler Lockett, Terry McLaurin, Drew Sample, David Montgomery in the flex with the Eagles. Wow. We Okay, it's almost the same. I had Kenyon Drake instead of Jonathan Taylor. That's what I, I thought. Taylor. I thought if there was going to be a difference, it would be Drake and Taylor <laughs> for you. And I and I, I paid up for the Buccaneers defense uh, against 
uh, Denver because I don't think – I mean, Denver might turn the ball over six times. So it's the exact same outside of Taylor and the defense? Yeah. That's what I thought it would be if it was different. I knew it would be those two. That's hilarious. That is really funny. All right. Well, now that we've given out our exact lineups, uh, good luck to us, you know, trying to win a bunch of – no, I'm just kidding. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, it's a cash game, whatever. Yeah, we'll just tie and – Everyone listening to the podcast will tie for first and all walk away with money. Exactly. All right. Now do you that's how that's how it works, right? We all tie for first and walk away with a profit. Yeah, I mean there's no other there's no scenario where that doesn't happen, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh no, we're gonna hope for the best, but uh we'll see what happens. Are you ready to talk about some bets? Yeah, I, th- I think we've I think we have some good bets this week. We have some complicated bets this week. We're turning into we're turning into the parlay guys, <laughs> which is a dangerous game to play. But I mean, most of them are more conservative, can't lose ish type parlays. But we'll we'll have to see how the parlays go. We might have to check it back a little bit depending on the results of this week. <laughs> yeah. All right. So just a, just a quick reminder: we talked about it on Wednesday. Um, I am up two hundred dollars on the year now. Ben is up $16 on the year. We're going to be each betting 500 fake dollars a week for the purpose of the show. You know, we want to be able to give out multiple bets for you guys to pick and choose which ones you like, which ones you want to follow. And then we're going to update and keep track of how we do all year, you know, individually and as a podcast. So, uh, yeah, that's the format. Anything, did I miss anything there, Ben, or you want to give out your first play? No, I I don't think you did. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead and, uh, I'm I'm taking the Packers um the Packers spread and I'm I'm buying half a point. So I'm going to take the Packers plus three and a half at the Saints and in buying half a point I get it at at minus one thirty five. Um, so I'm going to be betting one hundred fifty dollars here to win one hundred and eleven. I think that I mean the Saints are still without Michael Thomas. They didn't look very good against the Raiders defense, and I do not believe in the Raiders defense. I think the Packers defense is better. Aaron Rodgers is playing like a very angry man. I really wanted to take the Packers money line, but then I looked at some of the the parlays that I have after this, and I decided to maybe be a little safer. But I think that Packers plus three and a half, there's no way they lose by more than a field goal. Um, I, I I think this is a, a fairly safe bet for only minus 135 odds. Yeah, um, I like you coming out buying the extra point. You know, you don't like you're not a fan of pushes. You said, um, but yeah, um, I like that bet. Um, the thing is, Deontay Devonte Adams is questionable. If he's out, I still like the bet. If Devonte Adams plays, I love that bet. So you know, you kind of got to cross your fingers on that one and just hope that's the Sunday night game. So you know, it's always good to have a little action on the Sunday night game. Um, I'm going to go here with the Giants plus three and a half against the 49ers. Um, I played the Giants last week and they came through for me through the back door against Mitch Trubisky. Here's a list of the players not playing for the San Francisco 49ers this week. Jimmy Garoppolo, George Kittle, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Debo Samuel, Richard Sermon, Nick Bosa, Solomon Thomas, D Ford. That that's all of the 49ers good players on their roster. Yeah, it's a lot of, that's a lot of Pro Bowl appearances. I mean, it's it's all their best players. They're all out. You know, they're playing in MetLife Stadium for the second week in a row. They express concern over the turf. So, you know, they're not excited to play there again. It's an early kickoff for the West Coast team again. Um, I just think the Giants are getting three and a half here at home against the 49ers practice squad. I think the Giants, I think they're going to win. 
So if I think the Giants are going to win, I have to take them here at three and a half. So I'm going to bet $115 to win a hundred on the Giants plus three and a half here. Yeah, I uh, I don't dislike that bet. Uh, I will say I almost threw the 49ers money line into one of my parlays until you, you know, sort of made your case here. And it, you you convinced me that um, the 49ers are, are certainly not even locks to win the game, much less um, cover three and a half points. Um, so I, I, I'm going to go ahead and go through with my, my can't lose parlay. And I really, this is this is not nearly as sure of a thing as, as my last one that I cashed, <laughs> but uh, just, just in terms of odds. Um, but in terms of, you know, risk, risk reward, it is, it's really good. I I've got the Steelers money line, which is at minus 200 against the Texans. I think that's free money. Like, you know, Steelers, Steelers money line this week, I'm, I would hammer all on its own. And then I'm going to parlay it with jets plus 11 and a half. Um, I think 11 and a half is just a lot of points against a Colts offense that isn't super explosive, especially if they're going to be playing Jack Doyle. Um, I just think that the Colts offense is going to be a lot more methodical and, and I don't expect a 14 point lead at any point in this game. I think that the jets, you know, could easily lose by a touchdown and a field goal, but in that case I cash. So I'm going to be betting $150 to win $280 on this, on this two team parlay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not touching, you know, I'm not touching the Colts minus 11 and a half, but I I personally I could not put the Jets anywhere near a parlay that I claim can't lose. So <laughs> I think when the Jets are involved, there's always a chance of loss, but it can't lose, man. I I think if the Jets are in it it might, but <laughs> but you know, with that being said, I'm not taking the Colts, you know, minus the 11 and a half, so you know, I'm not going to be two against it but I also in fact have a parlay that cannot lose and this is going to be a straight up money line parlay um it's going to be a four team money line parlay it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles um against the Bengals this is probably the sketchiest one but the Eagles are at home here uh they got their backs against the wall I just I think they're definitely better than the Bengals um I think Carson Wentz will finally come out and have a decent game here you know, he's got Goddard, he's got Ertz. We expect Deshaun Jackson to do things. I think they have a slightly better defense than the Bengals. I just think, you know, now that Wentz will finally have time to throw, I think they win. Um, I'm going to back that up with the Colts on the money line. All they have to do is beat the Jets. You know, surely that can't lose. I like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, on the road against Jeff Driscoll with, you know, a fully healthy Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And then I'm going to go with the Texas Longhorns, throwing a little college football here. This is a, you know, Texas is like minus 850. So it's just a, I'm just throwing it in more for fun because I like Texas and it's Texas Tech. You know, they're not going to lose to Texas Tech who had a running back that got like arrested this week. They don't have their normal, (laughs) they don't have their normal high powered offense. Texas seems to be, you know, prime for a pretty good year this year. So they're not going to lose as 18 point favorites um, here against Tech. So Eagles, Colts, Buccaneers, Texas Longhorns. I am betting two hundred dollars on that money line parlay to win three thirty six. Um, I mean, Ben, who loses that parlay for me? I mean, maybe the Eagles. I don't think so, though. Yeah, off, off the top of my like, do you know off the top of your head what the Eagles' odds are on the money line? Um, I do not. I can pull it up here. No, I mean, that, that's fine. I just, I, I like, 
I would feel concerned about the Eagles, but I am not even remotely concerned about the other three. So I agree that that is that is as close to a can't lose parlay as you can to get, especially to get those kind of odds. I mean, winning three thirty six is is you know significant. Yeah, I mean, if I win that bet, you know, I'm going to come out positive for the week. The Eagles are minus two twenty to answer your question. Um, okay, that's actually that's better than I thought it was. Yeah, so. I mean, that's just going to be a big win for me if it hits. But yeah, I mean, I really like that one. Uh, what's your next pick? So I promise this is the last parlay. <laughs> they get very complicated as we go. This is, I'm going to call this a can but won't lose parlay. Um, following my can't possibly lose parlay with the Jets in it. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the Steelers money line again in this one. I mean, I'm serious. If, if like, I think the Steelers money line is, there's just no way. Um, and I, you know, Aaron has a point after this that I totally agree with that the Rams and Bills under 47 is a good pick. So I agree with that. I'm going to slot that right in there. And then I'm going to buy a a run and a half to make minus 140 odds on the Cincinnati Reds plus one and a half against the Twins on Saturday. They've got Luis Castillo on the bump, who is red hot lately against Michael Pineda. I've been... Uh, you know, I I scored on my on my one and only baseball bet last week. I'm gonna make it two and zero, oh, and I'm going to be betting a hundred dollars here to win three hundred and two dollars. Love it. We've got alternate spreads. We've got totals. We've got baseball. You know, all in the same parlay. Uh, you love to see that. I'm gonna go. Uh, you know, you already mentioned it. I convinced you on the Rams at the Bills under forty seven total points. Um, I'm gonna bet seventy five to win sixty five here. So you know, a little lower. This is the first time that either, you know, this is the first time this season that either team is facing a real defense. Um, We know Josh Allen has a tendency to struggle, you know, against a good pass rush Enter Aaron Donald. We know, (laughs) we know Jared Goff can struggle against good defenses on the road. Um, Enter the Bills defense with 20 mile per hour wins in Buffalo. Dude, just, just Aaron Donald as that, that dude from Dexter. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like with, like with wind whipping around him, just like surprise, motherfucker. <laughs> just walking, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I've got the under forty-seven in that. So yeah, bet seventy-five to win sixty-five. This feels like a twenty-one seventeen game to me. So yeah, that's what I'm going with. Uh, under forty-seven. Ben, you have another pick here. Yeah, no, I, I just want to. I want to say I, I like you seriously convinced me on that under forty-seven on on Rams at Bills. I mean. Buffalo is not an easy place to play in. The Buffalo defense is legit. You know, we talked about how we didn't think the Rams offense was quite as explosive as it has been in years past. I just, I think that's, that's a great pick right there. Um, I'm going to go for a different under and for completely different reasons. I'm going to go with the Dallas and Seattle under 57. I'm, I'm taking that at minus one Oh five. I obviously I expect this game to be high scoring. Everybody does, including Vegas, but 57 points is a lot of points. And I talked about how I expect this game script to possibly go differently than with the Falcons. Can't possibly fumble three times in the fourth quarter again, I would imagine. Uh, Both teams, I think, are going to run the ball more than Atlanta did. And, you know, Atlanta putting up 21 points forced Dallas to throw the ball. And then it just became became crazy. But, I mean, a 28 to 24 scoreline is a lot of offense and still gives me a a five-point cushion. So, um I, I like the under 57 for this game. Yeah. I mean, 57 does feel maybe a little bit high. Um, it, it's going to be stressful to root against just with Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott airing it out. But, you know, 
they both do have solid running games that they do feature sometimes. So there is certainly a path to that being an easy win for you. Um, my next one is going to be just more of a standard parlay, two games against the spread. It's going to be Cowboys plus five. It's going to be the Packers plus three. Um, five points feels like too many for this Cowboys offense, just because I talked about the lack of a pass rush by the Seattle Seahawks. I think Dak's going to have a lot of time to throw, which means I think the Cowboys will be able to move the ball pretty consistently on every drive they have. Um, and then I think the Packers are just straight up better than the Saints. I certainly like Aaron Rodgers a lot more than what I've seen from Drew Brees so far this year. Um, again, I like it without Devontae Adams. I really love it if Devontae Adams plays. He's very questionable right now. So, yeah, I mean, that's how I feel there. I like the Cowboys plus five and a half, Packers plus three, or Cowboys plus five, Packers plus three. In a parlay, I'm betting $60 to win 132. So a nice little payout for me there if both of those can hit. Yeah, I, I definitely have no problem with that. Obviously, I agree with you about the Packers because of the plus three and a half that I selected there. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give myself an out on this last one because I think this is important. I have the Astros Rangers under nine total runs tomorrow, uh, tomorrow being Saturday. It's Kyle Gibson versus Lance McCullers Jr. Uh, I caught this at, at minus 110. I will say that if the roof is open tomorrow because I would not be making this bet, you know, the night beforehand. This is just how we have to record. If the roof, if the roof is open tomorrow, I'm, I'm going over. <laughs> so depending on the status of the roof depends on my total of runs, but assuming the roof is closed because uh, it was closed today and I'm assuming it will be closed tomorrow as well. Gibson, absolute Kyle Gibson absolutely owned the Astros last time out. He pitched a complete game. Lance McCullough Jr. has pitched extremely well lately. Nine runs is a lot of runs. The Astros' offense is scuffling. The Rangers' offense is terrible. I will be betting $50 to win $45 on this. Uh, either way, the the over total is the same odds as the under total. So depending on the status of the roof is is the way that my bet will go in that game. All right. Got to respect it. Um, it's all about the roof, which definitely seems to be a factor in that quirky new Rangers ballpark. Um, Dude, it was, it was amazing. Like – the roof opens and it's Coors. It is actually Coors. Yeah, but then the roof closes and it's like Petco. I mean, it, it really doesn't fly very much when the roof is closed. It's, it's nuts. Yeah. Um, my last one here, I'm going to go, I'm going to dip into the NBA a little bit. We've got a little Western Conference Finals action. Um, game five tomorrow night between the Nuggets and the Lakers. I'm going to go with the Nuggets plus five. I'm going to bet 50 to win 45. I just don't think the Nuggets are done yet, you know. This team has so much fight. They've obviously come down from a 3-1 deficit twice so far this uh, playoff run. Well, I'm not saying they're going to come back from 3-1 again um, against LeBron and Anthony Davis, but look, I can see the Lakers maybe kind of falling asleep and just letting one slip here against the Nuggets. Um, Anthony Davis banged up his ankle last game. I don't think they're going to push him minutes-wise up 3-1. I just trust the, the Nuggets role players more than I do the Lakers role players. I mean, uh, Rajon Rondo has been the only Lakers role player to have any sort of consistency outside of, you know, Davis and LeBron is the big two. So I think the Nuggets just have too much quit. I don't think they're going down without a fight. I'm getting five points. So even if they lose a heartbreaker, I'll still cover. So yeah, I'm going to go Nuggets plus five. I'm betting 50 to win 45 as my last bet of this podcast. Yeah. So there you have it. You got, you got 500 fake dollars from Aaron, 500 fake dollars from me. Um, 
you know, feel free to tail our picks if you want to wait for us to hit on some and get hot. I totally understand that as well. Uh, rest assured, it will happen. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I feel pretty good about, about mine. I know you feel pretty good about yours. I just want to, I want to thank all the listeners uh, for sticking it out. Um, I, I want to thank Apollo Hugh for, you know, doing all the, all the work that they do for us. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, if you guys want to contact us on Twitter, talk about your wins of the weekend or um, any other, you know, betting advice or just a betting story that you have it's our twitter is going to be at cash landing pod um these will be up on spotify and apple Podcasts. so uh yeah i just i appreciate the listenership and uh that that's that's pretty much it for me you got anything you want to say aaron uh yeah i mean one other thing on twitter you know if you want to send us your start sit questions for your season long league you know we got one last week that was um matthew stafford versus russell wilson thankfully we told um the the follower to play Russell Wilson because he went off. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, you know, obviously you can give us a five-star review. If you like the podcast, you can give us a four-star review. If you think we have room to improve, um, <laughs> you can leave a review, but yeah, besides that interact with us on Twitter, you know, interact with us on iTunes and uh, good luck with all your fantasy teams, your DFS and your bets. If you're going to make any of those, so yeah, good luck and enjoy the football this weekend. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right. See you.